Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show welcome to driven radio your weekly automotive escape from whatever the hell it is you're trying to get away from amen i ran out of things to think of to run away from other than just (laughs) whatever happens to personally be affecting you at the moment so go 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 shake your head world yeah no kidding i am brad hatfield and you guys aren't i'm here with our intrepid engineer mr catfish groves yo and the beloved Mr. Corey Pratt from Craving Cars on YouTube. Yes, that's me. 23,000 views on that one video, on that one FoxFest video. 26 plus. 26 plus. Yeah, 26. That's impressive. Yeah, that's not Fox bad. body. Very cool. Out of a 10-minute, uh, you know, maybe 8-minute, I don't know, 10-minute video. Rabid Mustang guy. Out of 100 yeah. Fox body cars. Yeah. Crazy. Nice. Absolutely crazy. That's it. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in lovely Overland Park, Kansas. If you like what you're hearing, tell your friends. If there's something you'd like to hear more of, or better yet, somebody you'd like us to talk to, please tell us. You can get in touch with us either on Facebook or Twitter at Driven Radio Show, or email us at www.readthedriven.com. What have you guys been doing with cars this week? Anything? Did you do anything good? Are you still editing? I'm, of course, I'm editing. <laughs> however, <laughs> still, that's your, that's what you're doing in perpetuity now. In. However, I'm editing in my head right now. Actually, uh, no. However, I did actually make it to a show on Saturday. Did you last really? Saturday, Where'd you go? The nice. Lexington Community Fair Car Show. Now the fair is canceled. There wasn't a fair. But they said, well, you can still have the car show if you want. The guy goes, okay, here's the cool part. So it's in downtown Lexington. And anybody obviously not around here, it's just a small little town kind of east of Kansas City, about 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, they, yeah. they uh, used to have a really cool skydiving school in Lexington. No, I didn't know. It's also haunted a lot. Isn't that right on the river? There used to be a river port there. And a, uh, well, they have a famous battle, the Battle of Lexington. There, so, yeah. And then a, sh- a ship blew up. One of the paddle wheelers blew up oh. there and blew people up all over the town. It's really cool. I think okay. I remember hearing something about that. Yeah. So, but anyway, so there you yeah. were for a car show. So the cool thing is, is you know, the fair takes up some of the downtown area. Then he has some of it for a show. Then he uh-huh. has to use side streets for cars. Well, because the fair wasn't there, man, he got to use like four blocks of the whole downtown kind of Dude. area on one street. So it was just lined with cars. He probably uh, had 250 plus cars. No there. kidding. Yeah. Go Lexington. Yeah. It was a, it was a, nice. it was a big deal. Probably See, a haunted car show. Yeah. 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 I, that's what I was just thinking. We, we started talking about that. Perfect for Halloween. We ought to do a haunted car show. God, that would be cool. Oh, that'd be neat. And who, we should do it in Lexington. Who are we going to get to haunt? Well, no, we should <laughs> no, do I don't want to drive. We should, <laughs> who are we going to get to haunt the car show? Well, if I can ever get, um, there's a, and, uh, just on, on the far side of Nevada, there is a casino that I've been trying to talk to and I've sent stuff to them left and right because they have Bonnie and Clyde's original car. Oh, oh. They've got the real one. And uh, trying to get through to somebody to go, hey, we'll talk about your casino if you tell us about the car. Yeah, it's it's hard. Okay, you know? <laughs> I, I will I will take up your mantle. I will harass the hell out of those people until they talk to us. Awesome, awesome. Because cool. uh, so, yeah, that would uh, that would be a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, there, and there've been, I, you know what? I'll find haunted car stories of quote unquote true haunted cars. There's some uh, Dodge 
that was parked in a field that's supposedly like hella haunted. Um, that's oh, I've been had, in several books. I've had haunted cars. I've had haunted cars. Oh, yeah! Every time you go to get in them, it, it haunts you by doing something. I watched else this one movie it's, about a haunted car. It was like I think it was like a red Chevy. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't a Chevy. It was a Plymouth. It was Should a Plymouth. Be Plymouth. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it was based off a true story. Probably. I think it was yeah. called Christine. Dude, quit while you're ahead. You know what? If they have Christmas in July, by God, we're going to have... Was that know, a Plymouth in that movie? Yeah. Man, well, it's been that long since I've seen it. it was a Halloween wow. in September. That's That'll be our deal. Well, we could also... <laughs> we <laughs> also need to get our buddy uh, Chris DeGanchi back. If anybody's been, come close to having hard on haunted cars, the guy who collects hearses has probably had a few. How about every car made in England before like, <laughs> 1995? Yeah, the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> Electrical hauntings. I was about to say, uh, a.k.a. Hi, Lucas. my name's Lucas. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to make your life hell. This is my buddy Legion. I'm Lucas. <laughs> nice. So, are you still hunting? Uh, a little bit. I kind of play back and forth. Every, you know, everyone's, It's a hard habit to quit. And, um, hey, I sent you that white Chrysler. I don't send know. The white Chry- and I uh, and I checked in on it, which uh, very nice people, very pleasant to talk to, cool looking vehicle, a uh, little, little pricey. For yeah, don't many miles me. I know what a, I got and a bad rotor. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I also there's a a 19 and I I can't believe I'm doing this, but the more I look at this humpy bastard, I like it. Uh, 1949 Plymouth. Ha ha ha. And, you know, it's just a, it's a big old lump of metal. And the more I look at it, the more charmed I get. Dude, I told you you should have jumped on that 48 DeSoto. You know, the 48 DeSoto, it's still out there and it's still tempting. Oh, you um, should. It, that thing looks done. That or the red and white, was it a Chrysler or Plymouth we found last week that had the red and white interior? and It had oh. Dayton's on it, but it was a slick looking car. God, what was that? There's been so many. You remember, it, it was about, they wanted 10 for it. And I told you oh, you yeah, should. Yeah. You, you no, should. okay. That that I actually did make contact with them because I I sent a uh, request saying, "Hey, would this be available on Saturday to uh, to come out and look at it?" He said, "Now that you want it, no, no, one word, no." Oh, and well. I'm like, "Well, all right. Why don't you just hang on to that? Uh, here's your you can, you've you've brought it down three thousand dollars already over the past few months because nobody's out looking at your damn car. So somebody give me one bit. word. Somebody maybe, probably bit. No, maybe he just had a bad day." Maybe he was giving you the F-toe. Uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still looking. And I did, uh, I did the good dad thing uh, on uh, over the weekend. Well, I and, heard you tried to do the good dad Oh, thing. no. I accomplished it. Really? I accomplished. That door handle is on her 1990, uh, 1999 Accord. Is there a piece of plywood under it? No. It, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, to make a long story long, uh, got, got a new door handle uh, for my first child's car. Uh, because it was broken. Somebody tried to break in and just tore off the plastic, la, 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 and then it wasn't working, yada, yada. So I ordered it off eBay, and it said, yeah, oh, yeah, it fits. So I get it, and you know what? The back half fits, but it doesn't have a long enough front end, so there was a big space. And I'm like, uh, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm just going to have to – I'll get some roofing goo, and it'll be black, and we'll just – we'll it'll be old school, but we'll get her done. And then I tried to make it fit. Mondo Bondo. And it wouldn't work. (laughs) So I ended up taking the handle, actually taking out everything, took the handle apart, took just the the part that your hand pulls up, and put that into the old uh, bracing, the old inset. You you went full on resto on the... Rebuilt it. But you know what? The the best thing for it that made it all work well was saying the F-bomb a lot. 
over and over again. I was so angry and so sweaty and so annoyed <laughs> with that damn thing, but I got her done. I can relate fully. I wouldn't say that I've never sworn while working on something. Ooh, I would say never. that's usually the first thing I do while working on something. It's a, it and, really did lubricate the parts. I do and, before I start working on it, just to get out of the way. Well, <laughs> and you never, ever get it out of the way with some of the projects like the one I started working on this oh, weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think my parts are hard, hard I am, to get in. I am ballistically you, stupid. You didn't buy another Corvette in a box, did you? No. <laughs> that would have been better. I at least oh, know how yeah. to work on those. No, I started in on the Devil Mercedes, Satan's own S600. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, mm. well, let's start first things first. New battery for it is $240. It is not an Optima Red Top. It's one of those weird oblong, only made for European car. Oh, my God. Looks like two cinder blocks laid end-to-end type things. Let's <sighs> start there. The seatbelt retractor on the driver's side seat doesn't work. Now, it's only a three-hour operation to remove it <laughs> because I've done it a couple times. And if you do it a couple times, you can get it down to about an hour and 45 minutes. I've taken it apart. I've repaired it. I put it back in. It unspooled itself again. I took it apart. I repaired it better. I put it back in. It unspooled itself again. <laughs> anyway, uh, buying a new one, if you can find one. Nine hundred bucks, nine hundred dollars for Mercedes. If you for buy a seatbelt thingy, for a seatbelt that's going to unspool itself in the future. Yeah, at some point, uh, there's something called a BAS ESP pump. Now on the Mercedes, uh, if you push on the brakes past a certain point, certain amount of pressure, and in a particular amount of time, if you do it quickly, like you're doing an emergency stop, okay. it has. A module that will intercede on your behalf and bring the show to a screeching damn halt <laughs> right now, right now. And I've had a panic stop in that before, you know, traffic comes to a sudden stop because something's gone on up ahead of yeah. you. Oh my good Lord. That'll you wear seatbelts in that car for a reason. And it's because the car will put you into the dash. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that same module also controls the um, traction control. Which on, you know, no traction control really wouldn't be a big deal, except it's a car with 400 horse and 420 pound feet of torque. And anything shy of dry pavement, and even with shy with dry pavement, it'll light it right up. God forbid you're in the sucker, you get caught in the rain. Caught, <laughs> w- without that module getting caught in the snow, you may as well be in a saucer sled. You're going nowhere. Mm. <laughs> so no that thing's impossible to find, too. And if you do find one, they're $1,500. This is just the beginning of the list of stuff. And I'm trying to do as much as I can on my own. One, so I'll better understand the car, but two, to save the money. Yeah. But there are, you know, they just engineered the hell out of the car and there's modules and uh, componentry and just, oh God, it's aggravating as it can be. I would like to find all those German engineers. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. And hey, blitz their Krieg. <laughs> yes, quite. And look at them without there's, the high five. There's a reason I make the joke about Mercedes uh-huh. engineers having come up with the uh, the concept of Schadenfreude. <laughs> you sadistic <laughs> bastards. All righty. Well, now that we got that out of the way, this week we have news about all things fast. The Koenigsegg Jesco. 
That's easy for you to say, buddy. <laughs> the Koenigsegg Jesco has an option that costs as much as a Lamborghini Aventador. Oh, my God. <laughs> a, an or a historic French auto brand, however you want to say it, is being revived with a new hypercar. A California tech startup unveils a hydrogen-powered hybrid with zero carbon footprint. And there is another new cannonball record. Oh, my God, already? It's been yeah. so long. Yeah, it's just been ages, hasn't it, since we talked to Fred Ashmore? And our special guest this week set the record. He's driven radio repeat offender Doug Tabbitt. Doug! A.K.A. the Mexican Stig. <laughs> Doug will be here to discuss being faster than everyone else. The only good thing to come out of COVID, out of the COVID lockdown. Why we have a new cannonball car, or why he had to have a new cannonball car, and the best and worst things about being cannonball king. we got a lot of news this week, so let's get to it. Well, Motor Authority is talking about an option about a car we talked about in the past, actually, really not that long ago. Back in uh, March, we talked about the Koenigsegg Jesco. Yeah, they uh, they had that uh, the one version of that, the Absolute. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, though, they're talking, of course, if you're not sure what that is, it's uh, the, the Koenigsegg Jesco is uh, reported to achieve a top speed of 311 mile an hour. So, so the idea of being <laughs> the world's fastest car. So that's what... That's Dude, what Koenigsegg is going think, after here, think right? Think about what happens to the tires on that thing at 311, even if you just touch it for a second. <laughs> it ain't going to last long. I'm going to tell you that right now. However, though, there is a, uh, there's a package on here that you can get with this, with this Jesco. Yeah. Um, not exactly a cheap one. It is a $443,400 <laughs> option. Yeah. Uh, or you could have a Lamborghini. Not a car. Option. Or you could have a Lamborghini Aventador S. Yeah. God, and you want to know what this option is, Mark? They don't paint it, so no. you're paying them to not paint it. That's it's, a what, hell that's, of a racket. That's what it sounds like. I am proud of them for being able to foist that on some <laughs> idiot with deep pockets. That's I, that's awesome. I want to meet the guy in the sales meeting that said, "Hey, you get, you know what? <laughs> okay, I, I got now, this idea. Wait, just just roll with me on it. It's it's that we don't." Painted. I'll bet Applause. you we can get one of these rich dudes to give us a crap load of extra money <laughs> for doing nothing. For doing nothing. <laughs> we can all drive Lamborghinis. We don't have to have the stuff we wrench on. Now, just in case anybody has no idea, this is also a $3 million car. So Jeez. that may not seem like that much of a, a expensive an option compared to the cost of that car. Although, I don't care. It's still a very extremely that's, uh, costly option. That's, that's so well, much money. Here's the cool thing. There are other options that are far cheaper, Okay. Um, they oh, have good, good, exposed good. carbon fiber body works with a green, blue, and red purple tint for only $346,100. Oh, boy. Let's so see how many brand new You're going to save C8s. almost $100,000 going with that option. How or many, how many C8s can You can I go with the clear that? carbon option for only $292,000. So I'm talking bargain options here compared to the, uh, the initial option we're talking about. Are you right. sh- you're shitting. You know, I just I just did math and it hurt. That's why I was quiet there for a yeah, second. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I thought I smelled something. Three hundred eleven thousand well, dollars. Did you see his or, eyelid? Uh, Three hundred eleven miles per hour, and it's a three million dollar car. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. running about twenty eight, twenty nine thousand dollars per mile per hour. Is that how that works? Yeah. Well, there. You, okay. Isn't that amazing? That's not bad. Give me a pen. I want to work that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. There are of course other uh, uh, paint, actual paint options. 
including an apple red and a sweet mandarin candy finishes for about 63 grand some pearl finishes and some metallic finishes forty thousand dollars per mile per hour if you don't paint it (laughs) however this if you just leave the standard paints it's not uh, any more of an option so you're good to go Wow, you know uh, it's a beautiful car, but you know there are damn. There's one other thing on here that I was just I was stumped by. Oh, here you go, Mark. And you also uh, yeah, this. for one hundred ten thousand dollars, you can get carbon fiber wheels. Carbon fiber wheels with Michelin Cup two R tires, baby. Hundred ten thousand dollars. I have a feeling or, those will not do three hundred ten or three hundred eleven miles an you hour. You know what I put okay. on it? Or you can go buy a new C8 with dealer markup. Craigers. <laughs> I, was going, I was waiting for you to say I didn't want, I didn't want to jump into that. Yeah. It'd be the only Koenigsegg in the world on. with hold Craigers on. on it. Actually, let's look at the other it's wheel options. Meat. And hold on, hold on. Craigers are... Not there. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't see them on here. Mark's the kind of guy who, you know... I'm wins, a purist. He, he hits the lottery. A purist. And is, that, and, is that what that is? <laughs> Mark, hit, Mark wins the lottery and then goes and buys a new house and has to take the wheels off of it. Oh, you're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> you did come from Branson, didn't you? <laughs> well, also coming from Motor Authority, uh, historic French brand Delage has revived its back again and faster than ever. Motor Company was founded in 1905 by Louis Delage, and in the early 20th century, Delage was akin to more famous French marks such as uh, uh, Bugatti, Delahaye, and Talbot Lago. Oh, Delahaye and Talbot Lago, and have you seen some of the stuff they built? It's beautiful. It's art. It's 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 art. It's the Pebble Beach stuff that you see now. It's incredible stuff. I'm betting what they're coming out with ain't quite what Louis had in mind. No, and it, especially because the the company folded in 1953. Yeah, it hadn't been around so for a while. It it went down. Ah. It's kind of like it, I would love it if they brought back Studebaker, but uh, or so Nash. But um, the name has been licensed to a new company whose goal is to create a road car with the feeling of a Formula One racer. I looked it up. It is a, it's a hypercar, a hybrid hypercar called yeah. the D12. The design resembles an F1 car with a closed cockpit. It really does. Remember yeah. when I looked yes, at it, it really Corey, does, yeah. and, and the first thing I said was, that, that's like an F1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, holy cow. Seating for two. The seats fitted in tandem. And powertrain is a 7.6 liter V12 paired to a single electric motor for a combined output of 1,100 horsepower, pushing just a kiss over 3,000 pounds. It's insane. Zero to 60. It is beautiful. Uh, 1,100 horsepower. Um, yeah, the zero to 60, 2.5. Huh. <laughs> 2.5 seconds. That's you know, I, I love the idea of the tandem seating. If you get in a wreck with that thing, you won't see it coming, but you will wind up fused with the guy driving the car. Oh, dude, it's going to be like in an airplane. It doesn't matter if you sit near the cockpit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Welcome aboard. You'll you'll wind up there anyway. (laughs) Now, there is a lighter club variant that's expected to come in at only 2,888 pounds. Just 30 of the D12s are destined for production and uh, much akin to the first story. Price tag, $2.3 million. First example should be delivered in 2021. This is why, first of all, we don't do supercar news here very often because it's just so out of touch. Nobody can get near this crap. And secondly, we're never going to see anything like this. I mean, I I might at a, a, an auction or you know oh, sure. some of the Pebble Beach stuff that uh, you know I get to see crap there you don't see anyplace else. But I'm never going to ride in this. I'll never. I I might 
touch one if I'm close enough, you know, at an event. To, well, well, that's okay, Brett, because the next one coming up is something that's a little bit more reachable for everybody here. Also from Motor, Motor Authority, California firm Hyperion unveils the XP1 hydrogen supercar. Why oh, you, yeah. Why are you lying to me? That, that's right, Enrich. In that, in that you just shake up your yeah, two-liter bottle of Diet Coke and then... Yeah, everybody's going to have three of them. Let the fumes go... No? That's not well, how that works. Hydrogen's that not, not exactly... That oh, that's not hydrogen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, hydrogen isn't like isn't necessarily new news. They've had car. Hell, Honda makes an Accord as a hydrogen car, but this is a supercar. The Hyperion technology startup uh, specializes in, in hydrogen uh, generation, storage, and propulsion, and introduces it into this new supercar. It's a two-seater called the XP1. The company plans uh, to start production on this in 2022, limited to 300 units. Okay. Well, the very but the byproduct that. that only comes out of the exhaust pipes on these things is water. That was the coolest part of it. Yeah. Now, aren't they already doing so buses super... like that? Uh, that's in like Denmark and Sweden and all, all the. I believe places. they do actually have some. Hydrogen Are they doing buses. hydrogen? I know they I just, just can't CNG, remember where they're all at. That's not the same thing. And that was yeah, one of the the big cool things about it was that you you saw the exhaust and it was a little drippy. And yeah. it was just water. Yep, yep. That's what comes out of that, and that's just just there to. Well, apparently they figured the out how to size it down for a two passenger hypercar. Well, this is where Brett, Brett, you were talking about this too, and this is where I thought it was even cooler was that the energy is stored in supercapacitors. Yeah, rather than batteries. So yeah, that powers the electric motor. So supercapacitors are smaller, lighter, and more efficient than batteries. Uh, they can handle more charge and discharge cycles and do it quickly. According to Hyperion, the car will get to 60 miles an hour in 2.2 seconds and wow. top out at 221. That is so... Hydrogen power. Out of a hydrogen power car, right. Fast. The cool thing about these uh, supercapacitor deals is that they're not affected by temperature the same way batteries are so cold or hot, and you can run them over and over oh, again. that's very cool. Where unlike batteries can overheat and you have to cool them down, this isn't going to do that. So what kind of range does this thing have? 1,000 miles. On a full tank of hydrogen. You're kidding. Thousand miles. Now, I don't know how big exactly that tank is, but you can't imagine yeah. it being more than a, a normal gas tank kind of size. Oh, I want to park one of these in front of Elon Musk's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Elon! Well, the cool Come thing is, is <laughs> oh boy, Hyperion is establishing a separate division, the Hyperion Energy, which uh, plans to supply um, hydrogen, hydrogen across the country. So there you go. Uh, maybe hydrogen I think that's become awesome. a thing. It also makes me a little nervous. I almost think that this could be that doorway into opening up the other hydrogen cars. So if they're going to help supply a supply line throughout the country and have more, because right now all we have is what California yeah. that has some stations. I don't think the supply line was the problem. The problem was safety. And if they've been yeah, able yeah. to figure out the safety, which I would think they would have had to, one if it's going to be on a road, yes, and two if the if the top end is two hundred twenty one miles per hour, that's a hell of an impact. And they had to have figured out something to keep that tank from just blasting. It's been a, a month or two, so <laughs> gee, aren't we due for a new cannonball record? Yeah, I thought the cannonball, honestly, I thought the cannonball was just like a once a year well, kind of race with a whole bunch of people in Adrian Barbeau. Yeah, it really used to be, <laughs> except she got squeezed out on the second movie. It was somebody else Son in the I and knew that, it. That's what ruined it. That satin jumpsuit thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anymore, it seems to be just individual attempts. And I think I understand the rationale there because when you've got oh, a yeah. big group of people doing it, you attract a lot more attention really raises your chances of having somebody want to pull you over and maybe that's, incarcerate you, have you challenge? appear before a magistrate, you know, all that kind of crap. Yeah. Isn't that the challenge to push you so you're in front of that line of everybody else so that way you get through before they realize, hey, what's going on here? Only the guy in front. It's been long enough. 
our buddies Doug Tabbitt and Arnie Toman decided it had been long enough, so they went and did it again. They drove cross-country from New York to Los Angeles in early May and did it in 25 hours, 39 minutes, besting their previous record by almost two hours. Their previous record of 27 hours and 25 minutes that they announced in November. Oh, my goodness gracious. God, that's fast. I I cannot wait to chat. Yeah, Doug and Arnie's uh, November attempt uh, kicked off a spate of copycats who took advantage of the reduced traffic during the COVID lockdown. In a press release, they claim five new records have been set since since their record in November. The new record, this one, was set in early May. Doug and Arnie left New York City's Red Ball Garage, the traditional cannonball starting point, at 6 p.m. to cover most of the Midwest at night. One of the things that stood out in this article about this is they said they got out of Manhattan in four and a half minutes. What? Four and a half minutes. If memory serves, it was either four or six minutes. They were out of Manhattan in stupid low time. That's impressive. Yeah, it was. They, uh, yeah, they claimed ju- they were able to leave Manhattan in just four and a half minutes. The entire trip required five fu- stops for fueling that totaled 31 minutes. Uh, they, uh, they had an average moving speed of 112. (laughs) (laughs) Average. Average. That says a lot. Average. Oh my God. Top speed reached on the run was 175. Uh, Did someone else reach 190 once? Yeah, them. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was on their previous run. Was it that cat in the Mustang? Remember the one that uh, got the rental Mustang? He only did 160. Fred Ashmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, it was Doug and Army. I'll be damned. Yeah, remember uh, Fred said that he doesn't care what Mustang people say. There's no way the thing will go over 170. No, 160. <laughs> he got to 160. The top 161, count. Yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, Doug and Arnie says they were never stopped by the police, thanks in part to a network of scouts coordinating with them. Nice. And our special guest this week is is repeat offender Doug Tabbitt. That's so funny. I talked to him a couple times today. He seems like he's just on top of the world. God love Doug. Uh, he'll be here to discuss peeing faster than anyone else. The only good thing to come out of the COVID lockdown, why he had to have a new cannonball car, and the best and worst things about being cannonball king. All this and much more is coming up on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling podcast on the web. We're speaking with Doug Tabbitt, founder of Switch Cars, a Twinsburg, Ohio-based sports car dealership and specialty Porsche brokerage. Doug has studied automotive engineering, sold cars at a Land Rover dealership, raced cars, become infamous as in Le Mans racing as the Mexican Stig. And he's one of a trio who just shattered the coast-to-coast cannonball run record again. <laughs> Again, uh, with a staggering 25-hour, 39-minute time, covering 2,816 miles at an average of 112 miles an hour. You scofflaw, you. (laughs) Doug, welcome back to Driven Radio, brother. Uh, Let me start off by saying... Your listeners must be sick of having me on. (laughs) uh, Well, you know, you keep going out and breaking records. They still want to hear about it. Uh, and, and let me say formally in front of everybody else, well done. Congratulations. Oh, yes. Gold clap. Uh, and, 
And while we're at it, holy shit. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> what What's you, wrong with you? What are you thinking? Uh, what prompted, prompted... My in-laws ask all the time. Yeah, yeah. You married him? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're talking to their daughter saying, I hope you didn't sign a prenup. Yeah. <laughs> insurance, life insurance, sweetie. Yeah, what kind of life insurance does he have? <laughs> yeah. Not enough, the fool. Uh, <laughs> so what prompted you and Arnie, Arnie to take another stab at this? Two things. Number one, our record got broken. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to see there's not a competitive bone in you. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, number two, the roads were, were nearly empty at the beginning of quarantine, and any car guy uh, with gasoline in his veins loves an empty road, whether it's a back mountain road or a highway. Yes. Uh, tra- traffic is the enemy of any true car guy. So we wanted to just go out and drive anyway, just because it was such a great uh, situation. So uh, almost more for the enjoyment than anything else. You guys took almost two hours off your time. That's an extraordinary amount of time. Uh, Aside from the lockdown, what did you change on this run? Uh, (laughs) What happened to the E63 AMG you used last time? Uh, just spill it, buddy. What, what'd you do differently? Well, I, the E63 got wrecked in an unfortunate turn of events. Um, Arnie and I were actually both scouting me in Ohio and him in Illinois for a friend of ours who set the diesel record in his Passat. And that was the, what we call the golden weekend. It was the first weekend of April when there was just zero traffic uh, a lot of cops still had a moratorium on uh, traffic stops, and both of us went out there and realized how easy it was to drive fast because <laughs> there was nobody on the road, and the people that were on the road didn't seem bothered at all by people flying by them at 140 miles an hour. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was like everybody that that usually hogs the left lane and, and gets annoyed at at fast drivers was at home, you know, hiding out under the covers for fear of COVID. So, um, it, it was a, it was a really nice situation for driving. Yeah. And, um, so because our EC 63 got wrecked, um, well, I should preface that we didn't go that weekend as much as we wanted to, because I made a deal with my wife that I was not going to run again. And that uh-huh. <laughs> Arnie's car got wrecked. Our record got broken by a kind of now infamous team, uh, anonymous team that went out and used their dad's leased Audi and strapped Marine fuel tanks in the back. <laughs> Seemingly did it with ease because of the lack of obstructions. So my wife kind of said, you know, I don't like how that happened given how hard you guys worked to do it before oh that's a good woman we like her already want to see you guys do it again if you want to make a run during the quarantine she felt comfortable with the safety aspect of it given that there were no other cars i said well honey that's really nice but i can't call your bluff because arnie's car got wrecked so that's not really fair she goes well i i said it i can't take it back so 10 minutes later i texted arnie and said (laughs) all right we got to build a car. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> Which is his specialty. Perfect. Nice. So uh, tell us about the new car. What was it? Where did you sure. find it? 
and what you have to do to it to get it ready and knowing what you did to the E63 what did you do to disguise the new one and how um, did you disguise the new one initially we purchased a Corvette which had previously uh, done a cross country run at 2948 it was supposed to be race ready but anyone who's a car guy knows that if they see that in an ad for a race car it means it needs something upset. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah after two weeks of of struggling with that car and getting the fuel system right and the the electronics and all that um arnie just kind of decided that this wasn't the right car um he and i both like the tried and proven formula of the german super sedan yeah so he called a buddy of his uh who had an audi s6 that he had previously tried to buy and the guy said yeah i'll, I'll sell that car and within an hour he had the car purchased and on his lift tearing it apart building it for cannonball wow dude <laughs> that was tell us everything <laughs> <laughs> so arnie uh pillaged parts from all of his other cannonballs at his shop or from his other cannonball cars at his shop uh countermeasures fuel cells everything like that because we didn't really have time to order new parts and the supply chain was interrupted because of, of the lockdown sure um and we both kind of have a thing for pseudo police cars. Uh, that was my second car in high school. Yeah. So he had this grand idea that he could make an Audi S six look like a Ford Taurus police interceptor. <laughs> and he got creative with the vinyl again. We ordered uh, CCW. No, I'm sorry. We ordered OZ wheels uh, from tire rack because the car came with 20 inch wheels from this guy it was already modded out it had uh, rs7 turbos and some other modifications and these big gold 20 inch wheels which looked great but i said there's we can't do 20 inch wheels on a cannonball we need sidewall yeah because yeah. uh, if we get a flat tire we're done yeah uh, um and we had three days to try to order something so we ordered you know pre-mounted tires on oz wheels from tire rack and they were black and he decided to uh plasti dip the the wheel centers silver so, so it, it looked, looked like, like cop steely wheels <laughs> <laughs> and arnie you know arnie is uh the master of disguise i always say that uh you should never go to a ball with arnie especially not a cannonball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he knows how to dress up a car. Um, so he, you know, he made it look like a, a Ford Taurus. And um, for me, the icing on the cake was my idea. I told him to get reflective chevrons uh, to put on the back of the oh, car. Okay. All right. Because we had come across so many cars on our previous run that were, you know, medical transport vehicles, uh, utility company vehicles that have all those reflective stripes on the back. And we kept thinking there were cop cars. So I'm going, well, they confuse people, but they're totally legal. So let's get a, a reflective strip for the back. That's, that's and then already. I said, why don't we cap it off with just some random unit number on the trunk? Because that's not <laughs> illegal either. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so did you do what you did last time? Kind of masking off the taillights and the headlights? To yep. Oh, brilliant. Yep. 
I he love it. He even got he even had a, a badge made for the front. He took off the Audi grill and blacked it out and got this blue oval made that said Audi in Ford script. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's the details. Uh, it's the little things in life. Oh, we, wow. We call it the, the fraud Taurus. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> wow. So you've got your car disguised. You're getting ready to leave. You guys are at Red Ball. Um, how did you pick your day? And when did you decide? Uh, how did you decide to leave when you did? Sure. Well, by the time the car was ready, um, the first weekend when we wanted to go, the weather was really, really not good. So we were pushed into the first weekend of May, which was essentially the last weekend of any semblance of lockdown. A lot of states had already started to open up. People were getting restless. Mm-hmm. Traffic was ticking up. Um, and as many people saw, there was news articles across the country of states uh, ramping up their enforcement because, of course, you know everybody's sure. driving triple-digit speeds. So all, all the police departments were taking advantage of, of the opportunity to bring in extra revenue. It really wasn't a matter of picking a weekend. It was just going as soon as we could. Sure, sure. And because of not only what we learned from last run – uh, but the ability to kind of leave Manhattan whenever we wanted because there wasn't the normal traffic, I decided that we were going to leave at 6 p.m. on a Saturday for Manhattan, which would allow us to get through the flat, wide-open Midwestern states under cover of darkness. Okay. Um, because the, the common myth in Cannonball is that you make up all your time out west, which – could not be farther from the truth. You know, we've so talked. If we're going to lose time out west. Let's lose it during the day, and let's make up more time in the east to essentially give us more buffer to then give back out west to hopefully end up with the highest speed possible. Okay, first question first. You said there was almost no traffic in New York, and given the time that you guys had getting out of Manhattan, that has to have been true. How mm-hmm. fast? How fast did you get out of Manhattan? About four and a half minutes. <laughs> Man, you can't get out of Manhattan, Kansas in four and a half minutes. Jeebus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, I mean, Manhattan, it's, I it's usually like a good exit normally is maybe 10 to 11 minutes. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We got stopped at one traffic light and it really ticked us off. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're thinking, wait a minute. Damn it. <laughs> We can't complain. <laughs> and the other thing, and all three of us have been wondering about this. We've had several of you guys on the show now, several Cannonball guys. Uh, how How is it you make up all your time in the east and not through the western states? I, we've never understood that. Sure. Great question. Uh, it, it's a combination of multiple factors. Number one, just the fatigue factor. You're fresh oh. in the first 1,500 miles. Okay. Um the roads are flat and certainly more wide open. There's more uh, three-lane roads in the Midwest. Um, there's less cities. Um, and the, the biggest thing is the elevation and the curves. I mean, going through the Rockies yeah. kills you. I mean, that is half of Colorado. I think Colorado is 434 miles across it. Yeah. And once you get to Denver, 
the rest of Colorado is tight corners, two lane highways, extreme elevation, um, you know, people going 60 miles an hour in the left lane. And then you get into Utah and you, it, it opens up more, but you yeah. have these extreme undulations in the road. True. So 160 miles an hour out there is dangerous because you might get air. Um, oh, it's and, dangerous and then, out there. Oh, please. Yeah, it's, not yeah. Manhattan, but <laughs> by God, Utah. <laughs> Holy crap, man. And uh, then you get into California and I mean, California is kind of like Manhattan. It, it doesn't matter when you come into California, there's just always traffic. Yeah. 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 So it, um, it's just very difficult to maintain speeds. People think it's like just the wild west, but there's heavy enforcement, especially through Nevada, uh, and, um, Arizona, Arizona does not like speeding at all. And, um, a lot of elevation, a lot of tight corners, a lot of two lane roads, uh, so it, it's it's difficult to maintain speed out there. It's funny you bring up Utah and Colorado. I drove from uh, Vegas to Denver last year in 10 hours through Utah, and I thought I was making really good time. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's put this in perspective, right? So my strategy was that um, I wanted to get to Denver essentially by sunup because Denver – was opening up the next day and so oh. I figured, well, people are just it's the weekend people are going to start getting out and we wanted denver's notorious for terrible traffic anyway so i wanted to get through there early in the morning so we left manhattan at 6 p.m eastern and our goal was to get to denver by 8 p.m mountain time so essentially what is that 16 hours and I think we got into Denver about 7 p.m. So we left. The, the sun was going down on us in Pennsylvania, in eastern Pennsylvania, and we saw the sun rise in Denver. So wow. did you guys run a, a, norther, a northerly route or through the middle yeah. of the country? Which one? Yeah, we took the northern route uh, mostly because we were familiar with it from running two runs previous on that route. Does that spit uh, you onto I-70 at some point, or are you going north of Denver? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, spits you on to I-70 um, coming out of Denver going yeah. west. Yeah. Uh, I know so that road real the well. The longer route and it's a more difficult route, but there's, from our research, there's a lot more construction on the traditional southern route. I, I, I know that road real well, and I drove it not long ago. You're not kidding about the curves, especially at speed. Mm-hmm. And, and the elevation changes the hills. Uh, yeah. yeah. What was weird is I was coming through Colorado in an 05 GTO, and hot footing it pretty good, and I passed a uh, an F forty that was out driving on the highway. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it was it was really neat to see one in the wild, but it was also one of those where I'm thinking, surely that guy's not going to let me blow by him. Could have had a camera. He did. I just walked off. Uh, could you have gone any faster? Could uh, could you have shaved any time off, any more time off of what you did? You know that is the perennial cannonball question. Um, we were talking about that the other night. We had a meeting of cannonballers, and we always talk about the what ifs. Mm-hmm. It's not just cannonball; it's it's every race on the planet. I mean, I mean, look at Toyota and Le Mans a few years ago when they broke down on the straight of the last lap, and the guy instead of going into the pits broke down on the straight. And, and literally, if he had just crossed the finish line, they would have won. 
but because of the rules of Lamar, Porsche won because they, you know, did another lap. So he didn't actually complete the race, even though they had more cumulative cumulative laps sure. than Porsche. You know, that that's probably the biggest what if ever in racing. Yes, there's always those could we have gone faster? I mean, when you're covering that many miles, there's just there's so many things out of your control that there's no possibility that every single thing can go right. And you have to also think about, well, could we have gone slower? Because for every delay that you're aware of, there's a hundred delays that you aren't aware sure, of. Sure. So a cop may have been coming on at the on-ramp 30 seconds after we passed and they could have come on as we passed. You know, there could have been an accident that blocked the road. There could have been this, a deer, that, anything. So you could have got all the lights in New York green. (laughs) (laughs) Is that one damn light? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So every single run you look back and you analyze and go, what about that? What about that? There was a minute there. There was five minutes there. But you only look at the bad and you have to just look at it and say, this is the time. Otherwise, you'll just beat yourself up all the time because there is only one thing it's the time you did it's not the time you could have done or should have done because you also could have done a worse time or not finished at all so what's the best thing about setting a new record i i think it's ending the debate right so i'm extremely competitive by nature but i don't like to make excuses so i you know i could look at 27 25 and i know how hard it was to actually beat Ed's record. Mm -hmm. And I know the journey that it took to get to 27-25. And I know how much easier it was for everybody that did it during the quarantine. Um, That's not to take away at all from the difficulty of just getting out there and doing it, but there was certainly a handicap. So for me to say, well, 27-25 somehow is more significant than all these other runs because of this or that or whatever just sounds like a a whiner and and probably rightly so and so it was nice to just go out and say you know i i think there was a two-hour advantage during quarantine and to go out and say yep there was about a two-hour advantage (laughs) here's the numbers we did it in 27 25 pre-covid we did it 25 39 post-covid you know, just stop the debate. If anyone wants to talk about whether or not there's an asterisk or whatever, we can say, all right, well, we did both records. So what's the worst part of setting the new record? Is it being the target for the next guy? <laughs> I don't know. Is is there a worst part to winning? <laughs> <laughs> I, and I've, I've got a, another question. Uh, you guys had to do quick prep on – uh, a different car before you went. If you had the time and the money, what would be your dream cannonball car? What would you like to try it in that you haven't? My dream cannonball car, and not because it's ideal, the ideal cannonball car, I think the E63 is the greatest cannonball car ever. That car was so good. You could cruise at 185 miles an hour and it did not break a sweat. The Audi at 160 was trying okay but my dream cannonball car is a porsche 997 turbo uh i'm a diehard porsche guy um porsches never did 
exceptionally well in the original cannonballs, although a, although a couple of 928s uh, came pretty close. I think yeah. there was at least one second place yeah. finish by a yeah. 928. But they, they, they just never set an exceptional time, and Porsches make such great cars that I'd like to do it in a turbo. Uh, they're so balanced and capable at high speeds. Uh, you could do a factory fuel cell in the front trunk. You could do a roof-style integrated roll cage. Um, your gas mileage would suck, uh, and you can only have two people. But I think it'd just be cool to take a modern Porsche, build it for Cannonball, and kind of redeem the lack of success that Porsche has had in sure. Cannonball. Um, That'd be cool. Well, he didn't say ZR1, but uh, I was kind of curious if, yeah, I know you're a Corvette guy too. I wondered if that would be one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I I have a Corvette C5 that prior to doing actual Cannonball, I built little by little into a a, a pseudo Cannonball car. And that wasn't ideal because it's a convertible. So you get, crazy wind noise and it's fiberglass. So you don't have great reception for the CB, but I had all the equipment in it and we did some shorter runs and, you know, a a Corvette certainly is a fantastic car. It has a low coefficient of drag. The LS is bulletproof. It gets incredible gas mileage. Um, But, you know, we had a C7 prepped and we chose not to take it because it was just a little bit too loud and harsh. Sure. So it's, tough to argue with the Germans when it comes to high-speed cruising. No, understood. I've got a, yep. an older Mercedes with a V12 in it, too. And when they're right, there's nothing like it. So, yeah, yeah I I absolutely agree. Are you satisfied with this record? Do you think you'll go again? <laughs> you know, yes and no. Um, again, there, there there's always the desire for a cannonballer to do, I guess, the perfect run. And the perfect run encompasses so many things. It's the team, it's the car, and it's a situation. And that first weekend in April when so many guys went was, we all kind of agree that was the golden weekend. Mm -hmm. And the E63, in my opinion, is the greatest cannonball car ever built so far. And, you know, honestly, I think Arnie and I are probably the greatest cannonball duo. Um, He's... He's the greatest teammate anyone could ask for. So in that sense, I'm dissatisfied because I'd like to have gone that weekend in that car to see what was possible then. Mm -hmm. Um, But we didn't. And that's that. So I'm satisfied with what we did with what we had for sure. Um, But, you know, I'm a consummate competitor that there's always the drive to say, well, more is possible and I want to be the guy that finds out what that more is versus somebody else. Arnie, if you're listening, we will save you that clip of greatest cannonball partner ever. and <laughs> Make you, it into a loop. You yeah, can put you it on can, your phone. You can put it on a loop and use it for your ringtone from now on. Uh, so you and I were talking about this a little bit this afternoon. When you get done with a run, traditionally you've flown home, but this time you drove. When you're yeah. driving home, and I'm doubting you're following the speed limit very closely, but even going as fast as you are, did it feel like you were crawling? Not necessarily. Usually it's it's um, it's a relative sensation. So if you're going 160 and then you slow down to 100, you feel like you're crawling. Yeah. The next day, everything resets. Okay. Um, 
yeah, it's, I mean, it's always hard for me to go slow just because. <laughs> you know, you can't. <laughs> for any car guy in a good car to go 70 miles an hour. Um, I've never been guilty of that ever. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I'm waiting. Because I need to buy older cars, you know, that scare me at 65. That <laughs> rattle and shake. And <laughs> oh, those are the most fun. Where's your sense of adventure? <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> I need to own more British cars. <laughs> oh no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's hard. It's it's certainly hard to go back to to driving normally. Would you have any advice for somebody considering doing something like this? So, Brett, you'll appreciate this analogy. Um, I, I think cannonballing can learn a lot from music. So, I, I play the drums, and the best drummers have learned another instrument first i started on piano so i understood how to read music i understood the mathematics of beats and subdivisions and all of that and that helped me when i learned how to play the drums and i think the same is true about cannonballing there's a lot of people on social media and elsewhere that say i've got this crazy car and spent all this money on these countermeasures and i'm going to go out and you know, break the cannonball record. And I'm like, have you ever driven across country? Nope. Have you ever done a track day or an advanced driving school? Nope. But it's easier just driving on the highway. Nope. I'm like, that, it's, <laughs> no, that, that's not the case. Um, you have to learn how to be a good driver. Most successful cannonballers and, and going back to Brock Yates, he required that people have competitive racing oh, yeah. licenses yeah. or other, uh, uh, proof of training and experience to even be accepted onto the cannonball. Um, so you need good driving experience, uh, high level training, and you just go out and drive from New York to LA and just aim to do it without stopping in a hotel, not try to break any records. Just go do it and see if you're cut out for it first. Yeah. Uh, and then talk about doing a cannonball. You might go again. You're going to have to have another E63, it sounds like. And, uh, yeah, see, it's or, the or second I suggest no, no, nobody's going to be able to see this. I'm looking at Doug on uh, via Zoom. He's got the biggest smile right now. <laughs> he's not done. Honey, he's, he's not somebody done. broke the record, honey. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> I think he's found the right oh, way yeah. to do this. <laughs> well played. You know, I think it's going to be really hard if not impossible, to break the current record under normal traffic conditions. I, I think it's going to take a ton. And yeah. after doing it under such ideal traffic conditions, I don't think I ever want to try again under normal conditions. <laughs> I believe that. I mean, it's awful. COVID is an awful thing, and I sympathize immensely with the people who were forced to stay in their homes and lost their jobs and their businesses and all that, but for a car guy, that was our release. We got yeah. to go out and drive without anybody else on the road. And that was my coping mechanism with, you know, the tyranny of what was happening around us. Sure. You know, going, driving around now is terrible. You know, yeah. going back to normal. <laughs> like, where did, where did all these people come from? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> You're in my way. Yeah. yeah. Don't you, what, is it, what are these yellow, what are these orange barrel things? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Well, you've you've heard the the good news and the bad news, haven't you? 
The good news is the scientists say the sun isn't going to burn out for another 4 billion, 600 million years. The bad news is they're going to finish Kansas City streets in the dark. <laughs> that's not wrong so. yeah, whatever happened to global warming we- yeah, no that's that's gone hey uh, uh real quick just to feed my uh my fantasy my car guy fantasy life what's new at switch cars what's fun that you've got in inventory right now what will you sure. trade me for a 61 impala hot rod <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. What is new? So we've been venturing. Uh, I, I still do a lot with the Porsche GT cars. And um, I hired a couple more guys, I think, since we last spoke. Uh, they're really into the BMW M cars. And we've been getting more into the the lower end, we'll say, sports cars. And so we've got a lot of M3. You hear that, Corey? He's got crap we can afford. <laughs> he said lower end sports cars, not crap that we can afford. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've got, we've got more variety, we'll say, um, we've got everything from a a McLaren 570S to a, uh, collector mileage, uh, Porsche 928 GTS to a BMW Z3 to a 54 Chevy pickup, uh, just a little bit more eclectic mix. Maybe he does have something we can afford. Yeah. I'll send you pictures of that Impala. (laughs) (laughs) sounds good Doug thanks so much for being with us I really appreciate it we love having you on the show wish you could have gotten Arnie to come with you Uh, I'll say this maybe next time uh, and uh, we'll we'll have you back real soon. Just love having you around. Congratulations, man! That's yeah, a absolutely. hell of a run. Yes. That's Thank an extraordinary very time. Much. Very Definitely well done. To hanging out with you guys at a car show in person sometime. Oh God, please! Wouldn't that oh, be yeah, nice? But, yeah. That'd be so yeah. cool. Back at you. So, <laughs> so cool. So ready to get back to just doing things the way we used to. We've been speaking with Doug Tabbitt, the newest Cannonball Run record holder, all of Doug's social media links, as well as those for Switch Cars and Arnie Toman. I'm throwing him in this time. Arnie! It can be found on readthedriven.com. Doug, thanks a ton for being with us, man. It's always a lot of fun. Thank you, gentlemen, once again. Doug is not the biggest guy you've ever seen in the world, but I think he might have appendages that clank. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine, and you know, going a buck 75, not even on a I- Track. That's out on that a fast. road somewhere. I've been 160, but I've never done 175. I've done 155 on a bike, and it was probably one of the dumber things I've ever done. Might have been. Hey, thanks so much for spending your time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, <laughs> and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com, readthedriven.com, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt. Yes. And Catfish Groves. Yo. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you here next time on Driven Radio. Yeah.